0: This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice. With me, Michael Kuehl.
1: Memby, Roger Bell-West.
0: We have passed the blistering heat of high summer in High Wycombe, and thank goodness for
1: that. Uh, it hurts the day star. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We'll, we'll put you back in your hole in a little bit, Roger. All right?
1: All right. Uh, okay.
0: Um, I made it up to uh, uh, to StabCon. played it was some great. Games with some friends and came back with uh, two weeks of COVID-19. Oh, joy. And uh, I will be, uh, in August, I will be attending Roger's event in uh, Bourne End. It's happily on my birthday. If you're there, you can wish me a happy birthday. Just don't bloody start
1: singing. I'm telling you (laughs) right now. Just make some notes here. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, we have, uh, this, this month, what are we going to talk about? Well, uh, you are the one proposing
0: topics, but I've got one, one, one which says, how do you make the places they go seem real to them?
1: And I was looking at various role-playing game settings and thinking, is there something distinctive about ones that didn't start as RPGs? Uh, But before that, I would like to thank uh, a couple of people who put some money in our tip jar, uh, John Hagen and Glenn Lewis. Thank you very much. Thank you. And...
0: The nice people at the bundle of holding are currently offering the second edition of Eclipse Phase, a game of uh, post-posthuman and oh no, transhuman and post-apocalyptic <laughs> uh, reality in a universe in a solar system where shortly before ninety-five uh, percent of the human race uh, got themselves slaughtered. And the remaining 5% are, bu- are busy being, well, bi- mostly being ghastly to each other, as far as I can tell. Um, they never do. Well, this is true. I Those, uh, those of you who uh, remember back to the
1: early days of the podcast... yeah, very first episode, we talked about uh, transhuman games.
0: Yeah. Um, we uh, will remember that I was enthused about uh, Eclipse Phase, which was just coming out then. And it had a good long run producing uh solid and detailed uh, back bits of background and splat books for the uh for the game. This is a an offer of the core rules um and a number of adventures for the second edition. It reckons that there is easy um uh, backwards co- compatibility with
1: the first edition well I'm, I'm not familiar with the mechanics in intimate detail but certainly from a quick glance through <laughs> the first edition it looked as if it's basically the same system uh, with with the same percentage only done slightly wrong that irks people like Roger but otherwise works perfectly well ok okay,
0: we will not plunge deeply into Roger, Roger's statistical Double analysis zero is
1: 100 <coughs> I know that annoyed me
0: yes <laughs> but it's not—it's not logical. It can be double zero, and therefore double plus good, in their slightly strange system. It's just going up against every uh, every single trained uh, trained instinct that I have from decades of running RuneQuest and Call of Cthulhu and what have you. Anyway, uh, anyway, anyway, the, the, they have tried to. Uh, their intent was to clear up the system. And to make it easier to generate characters, and from what I can see, um, uh, uh, skimming through it, through it without actually trying to to read it, they have, they have managed to do so. I think the problem that um, I had with it in the end, with the first edition, and probably with this edition too, is that the background is ex- exceedingly complex and exceedingly unlike the home life of our own dear queen or indeed anything uh, that most of us have experienced. It's a world where people are not only immortal, they're easily duplicatable as well. And there may be three or four or five or 600 of you running around in various bodies. You'd have to be really well-financed to have 600 um, incarnations of yourself running at the same time. Um, And... And you don't have to die, and you don't have to stay in the same body. And what's more, your mind is also probably hackable and reprogrammable, which is a fine theme for horror, but uh, uh, but nothing like anything that uh, most people can have as their background. I was thinking about the contrast between this and Call of Cthulhu, In Call of Cthulhu, the reality is less uh, with the normal settings of the 19th and early 20th century. The reality is slightly less fantastical than the one, uh, the everyday life of that reality is slightly less fantastical than what we have nowadays. Um, And that works well against the transcendent um, inhuman horror of what's behind the scenes here just getting your head around what the world is like what the differences between the political factions are like how the uh, how the various financial um systems work um is going to be enough of a stress i can't think of a way i can explain this to my players who are uh even more conservative and cranky bunch than
1: i am yeah and transhuman space uh, for gurps had similar problems but in that they didn't destroy earth so you can play a character who comes from earth and thinks more or less as we do now you you can indeed play a character yeah. who, who got some um, early cryogenic and and is now working up in a new body and, and there's yeah. nothing about the setting so you, you've got those for for it, it's not a thing you potentially want a whole party to do but for players who want that um, yeah. relatively easy introduction it's available and this you know everybody is uh uploaded and infinitely repeatable uh, everybody is immortal unless they do something really dangerous um i mean presumably the the um there, there are people who, who, who think this is a, this is great. I'm going to spend my entire existence in Cyber Orgy 2.1. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but I, I, you don't play them.
0: Yeah, and 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 your GM, if he's me, politely says yes. Let let let, let let's just imagine that scene and pass on. So, 200
1: uh, years later, when you get bored with it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, that is that you are supposed to be the sort of people who are despite having the chance to live forever are going to go out and risk at least one copy of yourself on a regular basis to save the the rest of humanity um and prevent the end of the world because the things that destroyed earth are still out there and there are probably nastier things than that lurking in the background pulling their strings at least i think that's what the background's trying to tell
1: me so, so certainly that there are there are things happening out there which could potentially uh, destroy everybody. Yeah.
0: Some of the threats are going to be really high-tech things, the sort of thing that I require very, very clever uh, science fiction writers to make real to me. And I th- think, on the whole, uh, that's part, one of the reasons why I couldn't um, imagine myself getting it all all together um i am apparently more conservative in my uh tastes of of futures than i actually knew i'm myself to be uh i'm not saying this is a bad product i admired quite a lot of the material that was produced for the first edition and i'd really like the chance to play this second edition sometime with somebody who feels it's not beyond their capacity?
1: Yeah, there is an increasing uh, number of games for which I feel okay. I've read it. I don't think I really get it well enough to run it. I would like somebody who does to run a game for me, and yeah. So and I'd like,
0: I'd like, I'd like them to be right about getting it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the sensation of of turning to uh, uh, somebody who's running a game for me for the first time and telling them. That they're wrong, but I have done it once or twice.
1: Yeah. <sighs> In any case, that is the second edition Eclipse Phase Bundle of Holding, and that is running until the 3rd of August, so if you don't listen to this for a week after release, too bad. Too bad. You, you'll be able to get it
0: uh, from many fine game shops, but well, al- also the Bundle um, of Holding.
1: I believe it is still Creative Commons licensed, at least for the core book, so, yeah. so you can legitimately uh, distribute the core book. Right, Uh, without charge, uh, just not presumably the supplements and so. Okay, well,
0: maybe someday, maybe someday when I get a sudden burst of energy and uh, and vigor, I will be able to do this. But these have been somewhat lacking recently, and not just because of the COVID. Did I I mention that I had I came down with the COVID? Oh well, carrying on.
1: We've played in a lot of role-playing game settings over the years, and... Uh, Many, many times, many, many times. Being who I am, I I like to divide and classify them, and one thing I think that hasn't been looked at particularly hard is, did the setting originate as an RPG setting, or is it brought Hmm. in from somewhere else, Lord of the Rings or Firefly or whatever? now ob- obviously a lot of settings are unofficially brought in from other things but generally uh, in my experience at least they they tend to be something like the generic fantasy of D&D which incorporates lord of the rings and conan and all the other yeah. things or or the early traveler you know lots of sf of the 50s and 60s hmm. um well or 50s we've talked about that before um, yeah. but if you're starting with something else, what are the obstacles? What, and what do you do differently if you're designing a setting for gaming rather than for telling linear fiction in? Well, I think,
0: first of all, that the, you throw away um, when you start uh, writing a game any, any fixed future um mm-hmm. you may create arcs of stories you may create issues that are going to have to be faced but you you don't we've talked before it, people have tried to do it but you generally don't attempt to impose a destiny on um on on a on a game on a, a game setting a setting that is to be played yeah, um, I
1: think the uh, Call of Cthulhu uh, campaigns do this quite well. In that you, yeah, you know, each segment of adventure you can succeed or fail at. Yeah. But the world doesn't end until until you've got to the end.
0: Well, there's there's a number of of doomed doomed settings. Um, I'm thinking of Fading Suns for for, for one thing, but. The stars are going out and nobody knows why and nobody has any clue about how to put it right but uh, uh and that's about as doom ladle as you can get but there is still that glimmer of hope um in in the setting and arthur uh, the arthur pendragon is notorious for um
1: now, one one of my inspirations here, uh, of course, is the Genesis Firefly game that I ran a little while back. Yeah, I remember. And obviously my first step is to try to find out stuff about the setting, just as I do it in a historical game. Mm. And, well, you know, there, there is a fandom.com wiki for it. It has pretty much everything that's been published. And... It's awfully thin. I mean, you can say these two paragraphs, that's all that ever got written about this planet. Yeah. And this is perhaps quite an important planet. It showed up in an episode, but what you got is what you got. Uh, if you're adapting for, from a, from a pre created um,
0: setting, all you've got is what the writers needed. At that particular moment,
1: yeah, because they are working writers, they are they are not being they're not being paid to write a full background. They're being paid to write a forty-two minute episode.
0: Uh, and uh, Sir Thomas Mallory did not bother uh, to uh, map out the kitchens at Camelot, or indeed any other part of that great castle. It was just a great castle, and existed
1: in his imagination. Yeah, some of that, I, I suspect, is familiarity as well. He he could say to his writers, to, to his original readers, well, you know what a cast is like, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, just go outside and look up. <laughs> uh, but... That what this means in, in practice is that the the game I run of Firefly might be quite unlike the game somebody else runs of Firefly because really quite quickly I'm going to run off the end of what is official and have yeah. to say, well, okay, who is the other crime lord in Persephone who isn't Badger? Is there another one? Does he have any rivals? Presumably he does. He, he has bodyguards after all. And so on. Uh, and, and I just have to start making decisions like that. Um an example that's been mentioned in other places recently: um, David Edding's fantasy series, The Belgariad. Yeah. As far as I know, nobody has ever had a serious try at making a game of that. And I think part of that is because it really only has the one story, and it's the story you've already read.
0: Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a cosmological issue. Written into and and he. He believes in in one line descriptions of entire cultures. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, and and the Drasnias are all spies. Even the the, even the small children are are spies. Um, And the uh, and and the what what the monster north? They're called. There are there are the the big burly cinematic Vikings. Um, who are big and burly and shy, really? If you, if, when you get down to it, um, and 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 therefore, though it's fun, I mean that is precisely the sort of thing that you would want if you were writing a, a fairly generic, um, a fairly generic con game, let's say, a fantasy con game, and you'd say to them, "Ah, and you're this sort of people." and you believe this sort of thing and you hate those sort of people over there mm. and that's about as far as you as far as you'd get for uh, but but you wouldn't ask why and you wouldn't go into details about ah uh, the the strange things that have happened in the past not even to the extent that eddings does ah uh, i i have quite a uh, quite a lot of fondness for uh, for eddings books uh, though I haven't reread them in years, and uh, beware of the Star fairy. Uh, yeah, well, also, also, he's one of the authors where learning things about about your author is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. All right, so further differences, things you, I mean, don't, is it is it actually necessary in um, a role playing scenario to go into that sort of detail?
1: Well, for my style of gming, I think it is because mm. in in so far as I have an adventure writing process, it starts with find an obscure background detail of the setting and look into the implications of it and oh, nobody ever said anything about this, or what about that <sighs> and so on and if there aren't an obscure background details, you can't really do that
0: <laughs> yeah, uh the thing is that. Part of the process of creating a gaming world nowadays, um, and probably even a bit in, in, in the good old days, whenever they were, is, fi- is, is playing to find out, is trying to do the sort of things that you're interested in and discovering the issues that they raise.
1: Mm. Well, consider something like Blades in the Dark, uh, which I know you've played yeah. a bit. Where, as far as I can see, there are explicitly no answers to a whole bunch of the big questions, mm. but that doesn't matter because what you're here for is is to be cool criminals.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think that's I don't think that's a dismissive. Those questions aren't important. You're mechanic. you're not people
1: who can who can affect them.
0: No, I, what I'm saying is, I think it, I I think I think it's it's a it's a mechanic saying. And maybe you can find out the answers to this or at least glimpse some of the truth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect, it probably won't affect your uh, your miserable criminal lives uh, at the bottom of the heap as you struggle to find a way to avoid the bigger gangs and uh, and become uh, rich enough to retire. But, uh, but maybe, just maybe, you will discover what it was to put the sun out. And I think that... The deep cosmic quest- questions are implicit in every setting, in every type of world. Um, and, alright, alright, they're not present in, in, in purely materialistic and, uh, and non- non-metaphysical universes, mm. because there, there is no deeper, there are no deep answers, no deep truths. At least I assume that's what the working meaning of mundane is. Ah. Uh, All right, Roger, maybe I'm sitting on you. Um... Well,
1: I'm just also comparing this with uh, things like the the serial numbers filed off versions. Um, Hmm. Something like, oh, Terranoth, which originated as a fantasy world to be a background for board games. Uh, Runebound, I think, may have come first, Hmm. and Descent was set there. And its entire point is to be a fantasy world that they didn't have to pay a licence fee for. Yeah, but uh, things have moved on. Genesis came along, and now they're saying, "Well, here, here is the Terranoth book for Genesis, and, and even its own books can't really seem to work up any enthusiasm for it. It's just a generic fantasy world. And it's faintly embarrassing. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it can't be fun to play in, but what it doesn't have is distinctive flavour.
0: There are there are games which are, are t- there are game settings which are too." Uh, distinctive for their own good. I, I, I think. Well, that, we were
1: just talking about eclipse phase.
0: Uh, yeah, um, and, uh, and I was thinking of T- Lantern, the point at which I never ever got. Mm. Uh,
1: and f- for that matter, I think it would be fair to say, um, Empire of the Battle Throne, Takemel, is right. Although it's caveats- it may have been in the early days relatively easy to blend in. You know, standard dungeon Spackle uh, yeah. I, I don't think it is now the people who are still playing it now like it because of its distinctiveness
0: yeah it's it's very much caveat in the general to do you think that, um, that that the visuals of computer games and for that matter uh, to distinguish it from board games um, are enough to give that sort of world a definition um, do, do, I'm, I'm looking, I am looking at the, the the icon for Gloomhaven, which I've got on my computer, hmm. and I I have a very very distinct impression of it, but I've got no um, I've got no sense of the world there. Perhaps because each character is a unique
1: thing. Um, well, of is, some sort. Presumably there isn't a world beyond the adventure. Well, is there a world beyond the adventure you get? Do, do you get hints of larger stuff going on that you're not going to be personally dealing with later?
0: No, your entire life, as far as an adventurer there, appears to be uh, going to, to tombs and cleaning them out, and occasionally dealing with bandits along the road. And uh, and, and when I play it, usually it also usually involves... Uh, failing to achieve the the adventure after trying for 57 times I must mm. be doing something wrong
1: and yet that that starts as a board game I mean lo- looking at computer games particularly the, the big uh, money ones part of the problem there I suspect is that because you have to have so many people involved in creating the oh. various artistic bits oh. for them it's more, more difficult to have a distinctive vision um
0: Warhammer, Warhammer, um, and by uh, starts out as um, an excuse for selling miniatures and hmm. playing and playing uh, uh, tabletop uh, war games.
1: Yeah, if we were being strict about it, it's not designed as an RPG setting, but it's clearly designed as the sort of setting that RPGs <sighs> were catered for, even if they didn't exist immediately.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that. There is um, that that. Behind the armies and the regiments, and uh, and the the fi- figures are of really disgusting uh, rat kings who worship uh, disease gods, um, there is an implicit history and culture, several of them, which uh, which are just waiting to be exploited. But that may be because it was created as a war game uh, by people who had been involved in. Uh, The Tabletop Hobby.
1: Hmm. And uh, as it turned out, I suspect largely because of the people who were writing for it, it turned out uh, it ended up doing quite a lot of uh, subversion of the standard heroic fantasy tropes. Yeah. One consideration, uh, of course, is if the setting is out there, and to -hmm. some extent this is true of any published setting, but I think especially if, if there's a book or a TV series uh, you will get players who know the setting and you will get players who know the setting and disagree with the GM's understanding of it.
0: Just there are lots of people out there who see the movie and say, no, that's not my um, Jane Bennett or something.
1: Or who, who look at the film and say, well, why can't I do the thing that guy did in the film?
0: Uh that is another problem. Yeah, you may. uh, 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 Your your cruel GM will say, uh, "Yes, your your Mister Darcy can take that morning dip. He's going to get pneumonia."
1: Or yeah, you can you can do heroic engineering, but you but you ain't Scotty or whoever the heroic engineer is these days. I I lose track. Um, On the other hand, it does mean that. Particularly from a gaming point of view, you don't necessarily need lots of visual aids or lyrical descriptions or whatever. You you can say you know it's a Constitution class starship, and a whole bunch of people know not only what it looks like, but roughly what it what it does, mm. what it's for.
0: Yeah, it's uh, that that is the advantage of pre-existing set- settings. They come with um, they, they come with stuff you can or you 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 don't have to make any effort at uh, at explaining or exploiting but on the other hand i've i've been taking a look at some of the automatic uh fantasy map making software and and discovering that the hard part is not familiarizing myself with the system not that i'm bothering to familiarize myself with the system but Actually, coming up with justification for all the random stuff. <laughs> and uh, and i trying to make it all make sense, which is, which is the project. But, and I think it's worthwhile. But Well, you see, um, the, the monster
1: spores blow in through the entrance and, and they, they find something to settle on. <laughs> all right.
0: So I tell you one other thing that you have to, uh, have to take into consideration when you're designing a fantasy, a, a role playing setting as such stuff for the players to do. Hmm. And more than that, stuff for them to do as a party. Because most um, most fiction does not focus on groups of protagonists. This is a 20th century development, I think. And it's mostly post-Tolkien. Hmm. Um, the, the idea that there is a band of heroes and they are going to go out together and do heroic things and each of them needs a thing to do so
1: and and i think group sizes have got generally smaller since the early days i mean we've heard stories about you know 20 plus people in the party players yeah i i I did it
0: once honestly only the once
1: uh but but these days i'm two or three or four players plus gm is is quite usual i think
0: Yeah, yeah i i still say five is is my sweet point and
1: six is too much, but but even then, that that is not going to be the same feel. I agree. As here is the the, the primary character who does the stuff, and then the people who help them. No well, it's if, it's if, not if quite. It's a not Buffy qu- RPG. I
0: have I've played Buffy RPG, and it makes that work. But it's that the, the Buffy RPG and games like it aren't quite doing what the Lord of the Rings does, or what most. Uh, fantasy role-playing games do. Mm. You're not creating leader and followers, though it can be done and it can be fun. You're creating a whole bunch of leaders, and that's a problem.
1: Yeah, though though it, it does have that thing of one of your characters is simply a whole bunch more capable at fighting vampires or whatever it is. Yeah,
0: but uh, we've talked about niche protection and mm. the fact that Everybody has to have something to do. The the face guy is there. The the face guy isn't the leader guy, um, but there is a if there is a leader guy, and uh, and the engineer guy is there. The big fighty guy is there. The sneaky um, spying thieving guy is there. And each of them have to be given something to do. Oh, and there's a cleric too, and he can annoy people.
1: Okay. I'm just thinking um, if one does want ensemble things like this, then, you know, TV from um, really about Buffy onwards in, in my perception. I mean, obviously there are earlier shows with ensemble casts, but that that's the one that said mm. yeah, you, it doesn't have to be a soap opera or it doesn't have to yeah. be really only a soap opera. You can have actual, you know, monsters or spaceships or whatever.
0: Yeah, uh, but again, it's it's the 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 tv shows where you have a team of people um are all post um role playing games mm. and so, post... certainly
1: john john rogers who who worked for example on leverage has said that he's he's been inspired by role playing games he is a role player as well
0: yeah and the it, it's a very unusual and a very odd art form but yeah, you you have to yeah. If you're going to have a team of people, you're going to have to have things for the team to do. One of the odd answers to this is the Ars Magica answer. You have several super strong protagonists who are the magi, and you have the people who live with them and who assist them, mm, and think, yeah. and you shift protagonist to protagonist for each adventure, so that um, you. you each of the, the wizards gets dragged out of the laboratory and forced to do things in turn.
1: I think that may suffer a bit with the gradual uh, decline of campaign length. Um, if I, yeah. if we're going to have 40 sessions, uh, then I don't mind only playing the guy I'm really interested in playing one time in four. But if it's only going to be five or ten, then I, I I may feel a bit more oppressed in, in that. I've looked at uh, some of the big, big recent, well, big licences at all. I mean, early days, Indiana Jones game, that actually had some not bad adventures for it, but I'm just remembering that you, you can't kill characters. You know, the the yeah. degree to which players objected to that, whereas now it's quite, quite a usual thing. Um, Ghostbusters RPG, I have... It it needs that thing that I'm very bad at of be being able to improvise funny on the spot, yeah. Uh, but if you can do that, it's great fun. Uh, Star Wars got did background to the point that it became the canonical background, and until yeah. until that all got wiped out after it got bought. Uh, but you know they they were they were yeah. using the role playing supplements as authors guides for the novels because the role-playing supplements had had worked this stuff out. Um, the James Bond game, largely forgotten now. Uh, it, it has a system that I, I like, but I can see why I wouldn't want to play it all the time, because I, d- I don't want to do that um, arbitrary multiplication of two-digit numbers every roll I make. Um, and then, yep, yeah, the Doctor Who game, I think. The Doctor Who game works very well,
0: as far as I can see. It, it's um, a nice game system. Well, it, it manages to copy, uh, and I I've said, I've said that the the team of um, of characters, uh, maybe rotating around, around the central character, is is a late development. But um, yeah, the, the the Doctor Who seems to have been uh, seems to have fallen into. That sort of pattern, um, right from the start, perhaps partly or mostly because of of the first Doctor's uh, physical and mental limitations mm. uh, throughout throughout his uh, his reign, that he needed people to do the uh, the adventuring stuff, and um, once uh, and once the, uh, uh, the 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 subsequent Doctors came along. They too needed companions because that's what the show was about,
1: and um, companionship at, at the is... most basic level. Um, somebody to whom I can explain stuff, whom the audience you know already knows.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, but you need more. But you normally need more than one. They have more than one Doctor Watson at a time, normally.
1: Well, it, it varied over time. I mean, I, I'm still. So- a fan of Liz Shaw, sure, but uh, the the actress left because the the character was meant to be a great scientist, and all she ended up doing was listening to the doctor saying science, yeah, and, and saying yes.
0: So, yeah, not uh, uh, th- 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 yeah, not not the best use of anybody of anybody's talents. Uh, it's but but it's also depressing when you keep getting um, companions who are just there to be thick. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't you can't do that with a role playing game. Each person must have their own um, strength that they're bringing to it. Um, Ace was a perfectly excellent um, mm. uh, exa- example. Somebody with uh, enthusiasm for hitting things with baseball bats and blowing stuff up, and uh, generally you, being you disrespectful sure, you're sure you're to not the top player character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None of your exp- the explosives in your backpack ever go off spontaneously. You are a player, carrying.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you've, if you've looked at any of the various attempts because the license has been given out and yanked a bunch of times to do yeah. 2000 AD games. I, I, uh, I played one, uh, one of the mongoose ones, the Strontium Dog, which is basically the mongoose traveller, which I quite like, packed yeah. into that setting. But yeah, yeah it, it's 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 very silly. Uh, which is I, presumably I was, part I'm, of the point. I'm sorry, I was all grown up
0: when, uh, when Judge Dredd 2000 AD came along. Um, and and uh, I think I was, I was still collecting American comics at that time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I never got into, uh, into that, or into Viz for that matter. And therefore, I'm informed by my younger acquaintances, I missed one of the cultural uh, icons of the century.
1: Yeah, uh, people say this to me because I, I I just didn't like it that much. But meh. Yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: Well, at least you were aware. You tried to read it. And I just went, oh, what is that?
1: Ugh. Yeah, and and of course a, a solid recent example. It may may not necessarily be to our tastes, um, but it but it gets the job done. The alien RPG, which if you want people to be running mm. around and acting like idiots, it will mechanically enforce that. <laughs> I think. Hmm. I think one difference between, um,
0: I'm not sure if this is true, one difference between uh, written-for-game worlds and written-for-other-purposes worlds may be that the written-for-game worlds tend to come with at least one built-in deep mystery already hinted at Mm. Um, because it's so useful, and it gives the GMs, bless them, as something that they can fiddle with and try to adapt to their own purposes.
1: Yeah, I'm also thinking of Alien, considering that it's very hard to get a get a player to accept that their character is now scared and is going to be backing away in horror, or whatever, rather than hitting oh. the thing that just jumped out at them. It de- it depends on the players. Um, the, the people I play with these days are a lot better at it than you know, back in the day. Yeah, but but it's still a thing, and I th- I think that is why Alien has such an emphasis on its stress and panic. I mean, it's re- that's really the core of the game, I think. Yeah. Whereas if you did, you know, if if you adapted uh, Traveller twenty three hundred twenty three hundred AD to, to Alien, which it very nearly is already, then it's all about the guns. So. Mm. Yeah,
0: uh, I think the. Uh... I think the way to panic that sort of player is to uh, show them the guns don't
1: work. Mm. The the thing with particularly with modern settings and particularly TV show settings is is this is the 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 show which has a particular feel to mm. it, and I think the game is particularly if it's a game that's specific to it um, is yeah. is trying for that feel as well as here we are going around in a, in a leaky old spaceship or whatever. Yeah, you, you can obviously do Firefly and Traveller. Traveller is directly inspirational to Firefly, the free trader campaign. But your typical Traveller free trader ship is reasonably well-maintained and has people who are good at what they do. And they they may argue, but they, but they don't shoot each other. So, and and yeah. that's, that's not a Firefly feel unless you go out of your way to make it that way.
0: I think we ought to probably mention a book uh, that was in the GURPS offer that happened recently, uh, which is GURPS Adaptations, Mm. which is an attempt to talk about
1: adapting older stuff, not... um, Well, yeah, it it suffers rather (sighs) because they they couldn't mention stuff that was still in copyright and thus potentially licensable. So there there isn't really a whole lot of 20th century... (laughs) Uh, well, I, that's
0: that's what makes it interesting, isn't it? That um, well, yeah, but that's not, not necessarily
1: it's... what I want to adopt. Mm. I mean, I, it, well, it, I... it, it's it's a it's a toolkit more than it is. Here are these specific examples, but the, but I think the examples are a bit lacking. Um, mm. On the other hand, it, I mean, uh, the the author of that and and friend of the show, Bill Stoddard, has, uh, for example, uh, taken the Lord of the Rings. But rather than run the quest for the ring or third age stuff or whatever, set set. Uh, okay, it, the quest went bad. Sauron has won. Now what are you going to do? <sighs> and that's his baseline. Horrible. Yeah, uh, he he's run Buffy in um, Spanish colonial California. Yeah, that that's the sort of. Uh, mix. I, I like to. Th- I think it, it gets away from oh. the problem that here is this one big story, and that's the story everybody knows, and you can't really do anything else. You, you obviously have to make up a lot more material, hmm. but it gets you out into right. Well, we get to do the things we aren't just copying the things the other guys did.
0: Yeah, well, you are the uh, solution. God help us all. I think though that it might be worthwhile taking a look at. Material that comes from other sources than teams of, uh, of, uh, television writers. Because though we've, we've explored and found numerous occasions where their techniques are useful, there may be other ways to approach, um, the telling of tales uh, than theirs. And I will also point out that uh, they're not really very good, um, when it comes to the deep mysteries, well, particularly consistency.
1: I mean, a, a typical yeah. modern show may have you know, five or ten or fifteen regular writers, and they, yeah. they they will talk to each other to some extent. But it's entirely possible that a minor detail will simply mm. change from one thing to another because it wasn't considered important, and yeah. to gamers and, that tends to be important.
0: Well, to viewers as well to uh, to, to your to, to your real nerd viewers as well that 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 they've heard this and then suddenly the promise that they they thought they heard from the writers is taken away from them um the writers don't tend to, uh, uh, tend to, if they find them they've written themselves into a corner of something by with something that they promised they'd do early on they'll throw it away and i don't think they quite understand how annoying that is <laughs> Ah, uh, Chris Chibnall, I'm looking at you.
1: Though reluctantly. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You, you, you were more of a fan of him than I was. Uh. <laughs> that isn't saying much. No. Okay.
0: Some of you will remember uh, that a while back Roger inspired me and I'm looking at him accusingly as I do this to yeah, not, uh, <laughs> not uh, to, uh, to run um, GURPS gang using uh, players who were um, dead and resurrected um, by their patron uh, and going across to do multiversal missions and and uh, do things for the gods of a city that just existed alone on the uh on the world where uh, where where it was based um a city of many gates out to many worlds now that might not sound like anything that um i i uh, I, I mentioned on the on the program but uh Uh, But that's how it ended up. And it's coming towards the end of its first season. I'm not sure there's going to be a second. And I found that one of the problems with it is the... is the generic nature of the city between the worlds. It's not become a very well-realised place, partly because of the... um, of the intermittent nature of the, of the setting and the fact that the players are defined as the heroes who go out and solve problems and not the people who come back and have relationships. Mm. So here's, here's the general problem. How do you define and what do you need to define and make real a fantastical setting? a place that um the players can regard as real as somewhere they know in their own minds i only know that on this occasion i failed to do it i know that on other occasions using uh, other people's source material i can get it realized i'm not bad with uh, the Bainstorm cities, and uh, the cities of uh, Glorantha, especially Parvis, I know well, and I can depict well. But what is the first thing you do when you're trying to establish a particular place, a home base city, for your players?
1: Well, a thing that I always try to do and generally fail at... uh, is to put in the characters, the the the, peop- you know, the, the, the staff of of way where you live, uh, yeah. your neighbours. Your it doesn't have to be very many of them, but just some some. And in in the current uh, modern occult campaign, um, your your unit armourer, with with the permanently blue tinted skin from all the silver bullets he's made over the years. <laughs> and that's pretty much all that there is of him but but he <coughs> he is a he is now a familiar face and and, and he can get mentioned occasionally or show up mm. in the background of a scene or whatever and that's the sort of thing i'd like to do Some, somebody who is living in this setting thus demonstrating that it is in fact a functioning place it's not just where you hang your sword yeah that's
0: important that and that and that the players should get involved in the um in the politics life of the the place. I, I think that was one of the mistakes I made because I, I set up the player characters as just the agents of the gods and just the great heroes who go out and uh, save refugees out in the many worlds and bring them to the city, mm. which is a noble thing to do, uh, but it didn't give the city any reality. I would say that uh, one good thing to establish, um, one thing that I found is was useful and already there in Parvis, were the routines of the city, um, the, Pati-
1: particularly if they're distinctive ones.
0: Yes, um, the, root- the root- routine of uh, having to declare all the treasure brought out of uh, the big rubble, uh, the routine of being stopped for questioning by the baboons, and stuff like that. There.
1: Yeah, in in a modern setting, if 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 you're setting it anywhere with a strong Islamic presence, the the, the muezzin, um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be a big thing, but it's constantly there and it's reminding you that you're this place, not High Wycombe.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, the uh, the cry, uh, uh, Roger. Have you been in Wycombe? Uh, never mind, never mind. Friday lunchtimes, don't try and get a taxi in Wycombe.
1: Yeah, but it's uh, not. It's not a. It's not a thing that happens at dawn every day. And all so right, five, true. Wartime, is it five times a day? I can't remember. Neither,
0: but it is. Uh, yeah, it is there, and uh, you do need to make the. Uh, you do need. To, you do need to make the the point about the, uh, or maybe the tunkel gongs in, uh, in Jakala, uh ringing out from the various temples at slightly different times oh, and.
1: But also, um, I think it's not just saying the gongs are ringing, it's saying and every building, everybody on the street stops talking and, and goes in, goes into the nearest coffee shop and, and waves their hand for the usual <laughs> yeah. because, they, because they're just going to have to wait this 10, 15 minutes until they can hear each other again. That kind yeah. of thing. You know, yeah. this, this is a thing and here is how it affects the people rather than just this is the thing.
0: I think that the... Uh... You you want the routine things um, and the routine things that are different from um, from what the the players are used to. Hmm. You want you want to see the 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 weekly uh, prayer meetings of the storm god and the uh, and the and the re- regular meetings of the of the moon cult cultists. But uh, you also want to you also want to see the big festival. Celebrating the city's foundation and the um, and, and the, the brass band um, um, uh, festival um, once a year.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's important to have that as, as a long-term thing as well. I and mean, consider a, 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 an '80s film that goes to Rio; it's going to be carnival time. Well, it's always bloody carnival time when they go to Rio
0: <laughs> and... because. Why not? Yeah.
1: That's fine if you're visiting and you and you want local colour. But if you're saying the campaign is set here, then it's not just here is this whatever it is week two weeks I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's also the um, we're we're preparing for it and we and here are your friends who are get, who are getting something together. But they but they think their rivals may have stolen their plans, and your your great big heroes can can do a, a little local thing. And that, that's yeah. the sort of detail that I, that I really like to have. That's what makes the next setting live for me.
0: I think, uh, I think one of the first things you need to establish is a safe haven, um, a place that the, the players can go and put their feet up and relax and cease to worry about the weight, weight of the world. Hmm. I, also, I say this because at some point in possibly the second season, you're going to have it attacked quite horribly.
1: Yeah, but you, the you, or, or the the boss gets corrupted, or whatever. You suddenly become
0: convinced that the the, the judge. Yeah, you know, but that, but it doesn't sort of work unless the safe
1: haven is already established as safe. Yeah, as it, does, it doesn't have the emotional weight.
0: Um, I think you th- you you probably threaten it with with minor bar fights and um, and intrusions, but um, uh, that they failed they fail and then come to the re- really bad thing that can happen i uh i suppose what i should i my, my, the entire setup was wrong for this but i should have had um connections for the player characters and the 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 the, the, the universal wanderers are is is entirely the wrong sort of campaign
1: Oh, well, that's yeah, but trick. I mean, they, they've they've what they're recently nah. dead. They've been torn away from their roots in wherever they were before. Yeah. Um, so perhaps they they could be one one of the arcs. It would depend on obviously on the players to some extent of the system, but one one of the uh, interesting story elements of that would be try, trying to you know, either get home and realizing that's impossible, and then maybe start putting down new roots, perhaps against mm-hmm. their will, but you know. Uh, here, here is this guy. Damn it! He reminds me of me back in the day. And and, and look, you, you don't want to make that particular mistake, mate. <laughs> yeah, and, I uh, and gradually turning uh, into a friendship and that that sort of thing. Yeah, you may have been uh,
0: better better advised at running this campaign than I was. I well, think
1: no, to, to be fair, this is very much a do as I say. I I always try to work in this stuff, and I never seem actually to do it. So. Mm. How do you? How important do you think the rulers of the city are, the big, the
0: big cheeses?
1: Well, are they interacting with the player characters? Not at first, but uh, do you think for most
0: people, a sense of who's in charge is important? I,
1: I think a sense of the, the general uh, attitude of those in charge is important. You know, how, how do they feel about being where all the refugees from multiple worlds go? Well,
0: they are very much in favor of it
1: of it yeah and that yeah. and that that is a thing that will will feed through um what, what do they what what happens when you turn up um temp, um multiversally displaced and presumably without without much you, uh, other than what you're carrying mm. yeah, how how do you <sighs> not starve that that's going to be affected by the attitude of the rulers
0: yeah um uh, abandoning the multiverse, thing. I think. I think there are um, there are levels and tricks you can play with the rules. Everybody, as a species, we are depressing, depressingly good at forelock tugging, mm-hmm. and uh, and we, we want there to be somebody wise and good and and capable in charge the
1: world is scary i'm a strong man who will make it less scary still works
0: yeah um I, I i the world is scary i am small and weak where is somebody i can depend on there's somebody over there who's in charge i'm going to depend upon him whether he's dependable or not
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, pe- pe- uh, it's the it's the good czar with the evil advisors thing that is so. Uh, that is so common. So I think, I think, I think, putting out multiple rumours about how the, um, how the uh, ruler and the ruler's family and the ruler's heir are behaving, is going to is and, and going so, to some of these may be off.
1: started by the ruler.
0: <laughs> yeah, there is also the trope of the revolutionaries who, um. Who, you, who the players really ought to be in the 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 players are probably in sympathy with to some extent,
1: uh, particularly who, if it starts as we there is this specific injustice that we're trying to do something about.
0: Yeah, um, and uh, and may really ought to clash up against the um, the player characters' duty if they're in any way involved with the corrupt and. Um, existing regime but maybe not maybe they want to go and uh, overthrow everything and get involved in that sort of mess but you ought to have a sense of the of the resistance that always exists to the powers that be and and be and be able to see how far they're they're willing to go I think it's worthwhile establishing those people as, and also the uh, the upper crust noble people who wish to overthrow the current ruling uh, ruling clique and take control themselves. who mm-hmm. are no better than they ought to be.
1: I think you you would also have the uh, connections between them and potentially foreign influences as well. If if you're somewhere that does have uh, foreign influences rather than existing essentially on its own. Um, you know the the, um, the that 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 uh, nice Mister Zinoviev who who helps fund our our uh, charitable activities, printing um, r- printing leaflets telling telling the poor about the wonders of the new system. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm sure he is not in any way connect, connected with the uh, Malenko Slovakian embassy, and so on,
0: and so on. I
1: yeah, I, I, I one one. Reluctantly, has to admit that an awful lot of people in any revolutionary organisation are going to be idiots. Uh, they've they've never done this before. They haven't read about politics. They haven't read about how to run a revolution. Never had President Trump, apparently. Wow. Um, Let us avoid the um, blatantly the cat, political.
0: Blatantly p- political, very well. Um, I, I, I think i think you need to get a clear sense of not just the the general state of the of the places um uh culture but also a clear sense of the strata of society that the player characters are trying to work their way into or are finding them in cells in by default mm. and some of that it may suit some of the player characters if they are becoming involved with the, uh, with the working man and the salt of the earth, and it may embarrass some others who really think of themselves as a bit above all, that sort of thing, I but think, are an, just an, down on their luck.
1: An important thing here is uh, how rare are heroes of the PC's power level. If it's your classic Dungeon Bash setting where yeah. there are lots of fighters out there, well everywhere knows how, how how you treat them. You you, you invite the barbarian in, you, you you get his money up front for all the beer he's going to drink and the yeah. damage he's going to cause, and, and then you don't try to stop him when he does. Or whatever. Uh, or whatever. Where, whereas if you've got... Well, it, it's pretty much only these guys going out and do, doing the stuff that the regular city guard can't manage. They are going to... And even more so if they're outsiders, that they are going to... Fit into some sort of social structure that already exists, but they may not know or understand where they are fitting, yeah and, and people may have different opinions on you know, well yeah you know, obviously they they're not, not of good family, but one has to admit they're jolly useful chaps, um uh, yeah, wouldn't want not to marry your daughter, you know
0: all right yeah. but what yeah i i think what i i need to rem- keep reminding myself and reminding uh, myself over and over again is that it's the details that make things real for people mm. it's it's the um it's the 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 type of beer and the type of stew and the uh, and and how easy it is to get a bath and um who will, who will do your laundry for you and how often you're expected to wash and all that sort of thing and beca- because you are a foreigner an outsider a stranger people will either assume that you know better but are just a disgusting foreign slob or um will assume that you know and just leave you alone and never tell you the things that the people in the in the setting already know.
1: Oh, he's a foreigner. He can't help it.
0: Yeah. Uh And of course, you are uh, if you've got a, if you manage to create a character, or you have developed in a, in another part of the campaign a character who has a, a clear sense of who he is and where he came from, then changing to the new environment is a sort of betrayal of the self at least psychologically speaking.
1: Mm, and and gradually that person is going to have a different idea of how they fit in, into society as they fit into the new society in which they're now living. Mm, yeah.
0: Which is an uh, an interesting theme, but um, taking us off the, uh, the topic I had proposed.
1: <laughs> well, it's essentially, I, I think, if, if we're going to sum this up at all, it's... Um, lots of little sticky details and some some of which the players may choose to stick to and some and many, many of course they won't and and if 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 they don't want to then I don't think it's worth trying to force it
0: I think that the 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 message I would send is that the first place they settle and make home in the new place they've come to is the place you that every bit of work that you put into that will be paid off a hundredfold later on in the campaign Hmm. because you discover what the nature of the beast is whose horns hang above the bar or why the barkeeper um, never attends the Tuesday prayer meetings or what have you. And it will echo into other bits of the story as you find you need them. Definitely agreed there, yeah. If you want to tell us about the fascinating places you've created for your uh, uh, player characters to come to, the game to a city... Or indeed the
1: uh, strange non-game-derived settings that you've used.
0: Then please, uh, get a. Uh, you can uh, leave us a message by.
1: Uh, leave a message on the website, or if you like, email podcast at lee. And we hope to see you in a month's time.